Hey, it's what? Adam Spiegelman, very excited. Okay. But go to our Facebook page, uh, the community of people who like obscure and weird films and fun films, and, and you can post your favorite films and what's going on there. Go to Facebook, type in Proudly Resents. Hi, I'm Asta Paredes from Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1 and 2, and you're listening to Proudly Resents. Here with Fred Stoller in his house on the set. Oh, Fred the, and Vinny. Fred and Vinny. But real quick, we'll talk about uh, the film that airs tonight. That, uh, oh, it's tonight? Li- well, it's a Sunday night. So okay. we're putting it on tomorrow. Sure. But if it's not Sunday, then you can find it online somewhere. Blood Lake, Attack of the Killer Lampreys uh-huh. on Animal Planet. You get killed by lampreys. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's the first time I've been killed in my career. Oh, really? Because you've been on everything. Yeah, but I'm always like the, you know, delivery guy or a bad blind date or a waiter or a schmucky cousin in the sitcom. So I never, I don't think I've been died in anything. So it was fun. How did, how did that part come up? The director, um, he actually got involved with Fred and Vinny, which you said we'll talk about in a bit. He's a, fr- a son of a friend of mine. And we kind of want, you know, and... He, we wanted to do something, and I always said, you know, it's frustrating. I'm always, like I said, the nebbishy, pathetic guy. I want to do something like a cop or a killer. Not that I played <laughs> this and this. And he does a lot of these quirky movies. So he he called me, and I didn't have to audition, and uh, it was silly fun. It seemed like it. It seemed like you were playing kind of a different character because you always played like the celebrity guy. Now you're the wacky. I don't know what I was in it. Just pretty obnoxious, <laughs> a very unsympathetic guy to get killed. Yeah, that's just annoying. <coughs> Excuse me, annoying was I? Or just uh, moronic? Or maybe yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know what I was. So you're the first person I'm talking to who's seen it. So, like every comedian, was it good? Was I okay? Was it? No, you were great. That's why. Uh, you know. Otherwise, we talk about another movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was. It was again. I. I you know, when you speak of cult movies, I mean, one of my favorite movies, it's not a cult movie, is is Ed Wood. Um, because I just love how these actors, these cronies had a passion to do movies. They didn't care what it was. and But it's just, you know, a movie not taking itself seriously. and Yeah. Just, oh, that's great. Yeah, the Ed Wood movie. Because they, they're so serious about making a movie. And he had all these cronies that want to be part of anything he did. And, you know, I, I assume they weren't even getting paid, but they just, Edward was the guy that was looking after them and his passion for making movies. He didn't care, you know, if continuity. I'm not saying Blood <laughs> Lake was like that. No, no. <clears throat> but it was, uh, it's just fun, you know, uh, just uh, being at a lake and. Where'd you guys shoot that? In Canada? No, no. Somewhere right by here. Um, God, I'm so bad with the L.A. area. Someone said on the internet, Simi Valley, you just go up, you know, go to 10 East a long way. And the first day we all got lost because the GPS didn't work. It was some quarry or something. It didn't quite show up on the GPS in some weird place. Um, but no, it was around here and some other outskirts of L.A. And what, what did you have any actual animals on you or was it all cgi your lampreys are like these long looks like a a tube with a mouth at the end yeah well there was some you know rubber ones fake ones but yeah they they did fairly good cgi for something done so quickly Uh uh-huh well how how long were you on set 
I was only there like three, four days. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's like Fred and Vinny, the movie, again, uh, a movie I wrote. And we'll get to it. We'll get to it, but I'm saying <laughs> it, it's just like the biggest part was two days. You know, you just shoot a lot. Uh-huh. So it's not like a movie with it. You know, studio movies, I'm sure, are what's it called? Um, the Wolf of Wall Street shot, you know, um, half a page in a day, you know, right. whatever. This is pages at a time. And what is there a difference? I mean... Fred and Vinny looked natural to me watching right. it. Looked like it almost like a documentary, like you're right because it was, it was just, fairly. It was mostly a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Blood Lake, like no I don't one really think that cares. was true. <laughs> Are you yeah. sure? I'm. I hope not. <laughs> I remember Rachel True. She um had a part in it, and she couldn't pronounce Lamprey. She kept getting it wrong. I don't know what her <laughs> Lamprey. She couldn't say it. Is is Lamprey a real thing? I'm. So it's a stupid. real thing. Yeah, to look it up. But I had to look it up. But everyone did too. I guess. Shannon Doherty had to look it up when they offered her the part. So, right after she said yes. She so wait, it. so there are really what? They're like eels or? They're like blood suckers. I guess they, they live off of fish and they'll suck on. Because those mouths are real. That's what their mouths really look like. Right. And uh, they'll latch onto a fish. And I guess in your movie, they ran out of fish. So in the ocean. So they started attacking oh. people like yourself. Right, right. I didn't understand why you went out in the water. I guess you had to have an I excuse had a, to go. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, uh, why was I uh, the 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 guy, um, the expert? As I was saying, we had to look for what I forget what they were called. Those um, they were getting through something. Oh, um, well, they went. They jumped over to the dam, which is a funny CGI. Right. They're like like cats jumping over i think we had i had a look for they were getting through the um pipelines or something some word i forgot already Uh uh-huh yeah when your lines yes i had to look for something and then um it's not much of a spoiler because i think people rooting for my character to get killed (laughs) kind of (laughs) yeah so uh something where i got pulled into the boat and um well they do like i guess in those movies it's always like the ethnic guy dies first yeah. Then it's a fat guy. Then it's the annoying guy. And then it's the lo- a love interest. Like, um, well, well, they they combined it because the first guy to get killed was was black and heavy. Yes. So they got that over with. Yes. They they got that <laughs> the over. The budget with. was small. Right. Right. They combined people. <laughs> they they combined it. They had that and um, yeah, a lot of and uh, uh, there was one thing where it's a, even though it's a silly farcical movie. You know it's not real. You go, oh, they're not going to kill a dog. So, so <laughs> the dog I think is okay in it. I don't want to again give out. You know, yeah. You know. Remember at first you think the dog dies, and I was more upset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Exactly. We're going. Oh, come on, the dog. You got to kill the dog. But but I think the dog becomes some kind of hero, and so yeah, that you you I haven't seen it, but you gave me the DVD, and it was fun to watch. And um, well, you just I'm, I'm laughing at myself when I watch it. I don't know if because I think I'm funny. I'm not that cocky, but just because I was so stupid, like um, like uh, it was just so moronic. Oh God! Wait, did you have to jump around with nothing around you? Was there because did you have rubber lampreys on you at the time you were being you were dying for the first time on screen? You know, um, luckily I didn't have to fall in the water. They had a stunt man. That looks like Jose Canseco. And, and if people don't know who I am, I'm a very skinny Jewish guy. Yeah. And it totally, if you may, I'm going to watch it again uh, closer because 
But then they did this thing. I'm not a tech guy. Are you a tech guy? Do you know all no, this stuff? No, look at this operation. Well, that's more than I'm, I could do. But I'm praying this is recording. <laughs> Let me see. So far, we're good. So far. Oh, you've never done it? Uh, no, I've done this before. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was your first mobile interview. <clears throat> I did this other guy's podcast at a restaurant, and uh, his batteries didn't work. And he's asking the waitress if she has batteries. And I'm <laughs> rolling my eyes. And he goes, we got to do it again. And, uh, you know, but what the hell was I saying? Um, oh, your tech. body double. Oh, Look. no. So they did a thing where I had to stretch my arms out. Mm -hmm. And they took pictures. And I turned around. And they do something with that to morph. Even though, again, my stuntman was big guy like you. And it totally doesn't fit. They... I think they do something. Huh. It's amazing. Like I said, this thing we only did a few months ago, and and yes, the, the CGI isn't Godzilla or anything. No, it's but not. still, but still, um, when I watched, I go, "Whoa, that's that's pretty good." That they all the lampreys and stuff. They they did it pretty quickly for something that you know. I was in another movie that really got panned called Little Man, uh -huh. and even though. It's Marlon not a Wayans. comedy classic. People didn't realize the technology that um, they took Marlon Wayne's face and they put it on a dwarf. And so Marlon looked like a dwarf pretending to be a baby. So, again, I'm, I'm impressed with this little movie, just the, the CGI, uh -huh. uh, you know, yeah, uh, that they did. Uh, but I'm impressed with people that can uh, connect the printer. <laughs> so maybe it's not that amazing. You had me change light bulbs before we started. Yeah, and we had a cameo with Christopher Lloyd in, in Blood Lake. Yeah, that was crazy. Was Did you watch that scene yet? Yeah, yeah. Were you, were you waiting for the lamprey to come out through his mouth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an honor to meet Christopher Lloyd. What was he like? Very nice guy. Very, you know, it's funny. Um, what's his name? Tom Wilson, uh -huh. who was biffing Back to the Future. Uh, he does a, an, a, in a stand-up act. He does a song where people are asking all the questions. What's so and so like? What's uh, Michael Fox? Michael J. Fox like nice. What's Christopher Lloyd like shy? Uh -huh. But Christopher Lloyd was was yeah. I mean, come on, classic. Oh, that's great. And and Shannon Doherty, you were in. The they were movie. all sweet. Yeah, they was very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Was fun. It was a lot. And of what fun. of the lampreys? Were they nice or they were pain in the ass? They, you know, they were like, uh, you couldn't Hollywood. look them in the eye. Really? Yeah. They, 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 the ADs get fired <laughs> if you give them eye contact. It's strict orders. If you can find their eyes, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, uh, well, it was, um, yeah, my morgue scene was very demented. What was, what do you mean? Well, when my, my, they put makeup on me when I was. Oh, yeah. Was that you lying in there? Yes. How long did you have to lie there? Well, I lied there for a while, but. There were only a few shots where I had to hold my breath yeah, as long as I could. Uh-huh. And then they'd hopefully cut and, you know. Were they thinking about you when they yelled cut or they were just shooting and just figured he'll hold his breath? Um, well. Because that's, that's a Hollywood thing to do. Yeah, well, it was, uh, was kind of like, all right, whatever, I'm doing the best I can. To be honest, as please, a producer. Please be honest. If you were to hold your breath too long, the worst thing that can happen was you would die and we'd have a real cadaver. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just thinking that. Yeah, the worst money. thing that happens is then I really cooperate. <laughs> you really your method. Yes. Method. As long as they shot the other scenes, yeah. Yeah, then they don't need me. I've always seen you when you were on TV, it was always seemed like 
they didn't know what to do in a scene, so they called you up. <laughs> oh, we'll have and your characters nine times out of ten named Fred. Yes, and it seemed yes. like it was a line from your act, and you were like, said a delivery man, or <laughs> just came in, did your line, and left. And well, the thing is, I don't fit into puzzles so good. So most parts, I get someone had me in mind. I, you know, I'm not going to audition and be a tough Irish guy in Law and Order, or <laughs> you know, a cop on uh, you know Dennis Leary's kind of show. So yeah, usually, like I just did a little part playing Fred on Anger Management, and I said to Charlie Sheen, "You're always Charlie, I'm always Fred," and yeah, and I was just kind of a no, I was a yeah a pathetic guy, but thinks he's a, a, a con man. He thinks he's George Clooney in in anger man. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yes. So yeah, a lot of times, I'm just well. One of the things you know, I have a book out, and one of the stories is, um, I audition, and a lot of auditions they go not so pathetic, and I'm being myself. <laughs> so, so that's why this part was a little bit different. I guess I was pathetic, but insanely obnoxious over the top a little different and yeah so usually have you gone out for parts that are nothing like you and you just stand there and you're like well yeah again um i know when i'm wasting my time with auditions and um yeah unless they really people aren't that imaginative in, 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 <laughs> no. in uh what's it called in guest star tv shows they they don't want the guest to be a distraction like wait a minute this guy's not like a principal or a bus driver anything i do is going to be a little bit off <clears throat> so they just want someone to come in and hey you're the bully in school hey you look like and me i'm just off so unless they want the off so i've had some auditions where they go what are you doing here like, i knew i i know i'm not a southern racist you know <laughs> i know uh, I, I told my there was one there were a few ridiculous auditions. One, I had to be an over-the-top gay guy in a stereotypical <laughs> thing. And and it turns out the casting woman, her last name was Stroller, but with one L, she goes, yeah, I just wanted to bring you in. I knew you were wrong, but I just wanted to see if we were related. <laughs> so, like, just bring me in and sit you, with these over-the-top gay guys, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of just... So you drive all the way out to wherever yeah, it is just, just because she wanted we were, to see another Stoller? She wanted to see if we were related. I went to a job interview once. Uh, I used to live right here in your neighborhood, and I was out in Culver City, and I drive out there, and the guy's like, oh, this job isn't for you, but I just don't know anybody in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just... Uh, yeah, and I, I once... Um, I mean, some there was one woman sadly was murdered, who is a, uh, a screenwriter and a director, and she did a movie called Waitress. Mm -hmm. And her husband was a fan of mine from stand up, so they 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 kind of, but I knew it was wrong. Again, it was a guy in the South, and they go, "Can you do a Southern accent?" And then the casting woman says, uh, "You know, I'll do one when we read and you imitate me." Like I'm going to be imitating her as I'm reading. Okay, this is good. You're helping me. Right. And uh, yeah, so now, like I said, as I'm older, I with everything, I know when I'm wasting my time. Can you can you do a little of your Southern accent? <laughs> well, the thing is, I I know this guy Heath, <clears throat> excuse me, from Alabama, and and he one time he goes, "You lied to me, Kristen," and it's not too good. But I <laughs> but I was like warming up, going, "You lied to me." And they just shaking their head. And, and I made up that one time I was coached. Like I had to do an Israeli guy mm -hmm. because I knew this guy, Jamie, from the Laugh Act. Yeah. And I'm just screaming, Damarara. And then they said, all right, yeah. Get no out of free here. cokes. Yeah. 
You do the laugh factory. We guarantee the laughs. Yeah, he's a character. Yes. Oh, you, you've been in touch with Jamie? Yeah, yeah. I've worked with, um, I, I booked comics for shows before, so dealt with him. And Jeez. He's a different guy than when I was a struggling comic than when I was booking comics. It's a, You put Damarator on. We you, you use you. <laughs> you talk about him in Fred and Vinny as kind of the, the staple of like what comedy should be, right? Jamie from the Laugh Factory? No, not Jamie, Dom Herrera. It's like, why don't you be more like Dom Herrera? No, nah, that guy improvised that line. Yeah, Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, no, I didn't write like a thing. The guy threw it in. Yeah. Are, you, are you still doing, do you do stand-up? <laughs> well, the thing is, I um backtracking, I have this book called Maybe We'll Have You Back about, you know, the adventures of being a perennial TV guest star. And I had stopped doing stand-up for a long time uh-huh. because you can't dabble. you got to hang out at those clubs. Either there's these cool alternative scenes or these clubs where you wait around with these aggressive, mean comedians and Dane Cook comes in and does an hour and, you, and it's just this desperate, weird thing. you got to have this thing. you got to do it every night. And I, I, I didn't have that. So then there's a thing I didn't know called the Jewish Book Festival. And they wanted me on it for my book and said, well, you do your act. And I hadn't done it, like I said, like 17 years or something crazy. And so then I went to Hermosa Beach Comedy Magic Club. And there's a place in Burbank called Flappers. And those clubs weren't as hipstery and they're not as grungy with the showbiz. So I got sort of, I, it came back to me, put some new material. So now I am sort of dabbling. Like, here's my Norm MacDonald mug. I'm going to open for him in June, I think the 5th to the 7th at a place called Cap City in um, Austin, Texas. So now I am dabbling, I guess. Now I like stand-up because I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying. The only goal I have is trying to get the, on the Yassini Hall show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, happen. never gonna happen. <laughs> no, no. But I'm, but I'm, but meaning, it's not like, oh, I want a DVD. I want a headline. I want to do this. I'm just doing it wherever they want me. What? Why are you doing it? Just for something to do, or because? Well, is there? I mean, is there a goal? Yeah, I'm, it is hard because you, for me, you need like an end game or some kind of goal. Uh-huh. For, coming back the second time, my goal was to get in shape for this Jewish book festival to push my book. And, and they flew me from St. Louis, Atlanta, Detroit, all over. Oh, great. So that was my goal. And then, um, like I said, I don't, I don't, again, I'm really selling myself. I don't want a DVD <laughs> or a special. Yeah, but, but I think it's good. You can aim to, higher than Arsenio. What? Yeah. yeah. I think I, I like to be in shape that way when someone approaches me like Norm. Mm-hmm. I won't embarrass myself. So, yeah, right now, yeah, what's my goal? I'm just doing it. It's kind of fun um, because sometimes the way I write materials, I'll remember stuff I forgot about that I used to do or I'll watch an old tape and it's like I'm stealing from myself. So I was going to joke. Did you put in old VHS tapes of of your? Acting? I found some stuff on YouTube and go. Oh, I forgot I did that joke. You know. Uh-huh. So I think during the nineties they had all these you know comic strip live, the A list, and you even at the improv. Yeah. So I got burnt out to what's my next six minutes? What's my next hunk gonna be? And um, I just started doing more guest spots and voiceovers and a little writing, and I pushed it aside, but. It's kind of funny, like uh, the stuff that works 
I still do a lot of stuff about dating, trying to meet women, and it still kind of works, all those jokes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know. A lot of the old stuff works, and I throw in new stuff, and stories from my book about my one-night stand with Kathy Griffin, and just, uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm always sort of like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I've almost become, like, uh, you know, I get on stage, and it, it helps now that they sort of recognize me from Seinfeld to Raymond. Mm -hmm. So I go, hey, has anyone recognized me? And they applaud, and I do a joke about it. So it, I kind of have a little in, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So yeah, it's a little they, easier than when you were doing yeah, it. Yeah, they're excited. Oh, I think I recognize that guy, so. And is it nice to be back out? How is it to be on, to be in front of the audience again like it's that? It's kind of fun. Like I said, it's fun because I'm not desperate. Like, oh, I want to be on that showcase or why was I seen for, you know, this thing. <clears throat> so it's kind of fun, yeah. Oh, that's great. And um, so what made you write this book about uh, being a guest star? <clears throat> Excuse me. You um, were over like 100 things. Oh, just random. I, you know, I had this idea many years ago. I think I got the idea sort of because this is basketball player, Jim Jackson, not a star. But he was on um, like 10 teams in 12 years or 12 teams in 10 years. And I said, I'm sort of like that, like a foster child <laughs> going from show to show, looking, hoping one keeps me on, you know, the perennial TV guest star. And um, I just thought, and I, in basketball, I like the, um, sorry, I'm clearing my throat so much. <coughs> See, there, there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I got my own water. Um, you got your, uh, Norm McDonald mug. Norm McDonald in case I need a mug. Um, and I, I thought it's, maybe this is an interesting story. The guy that's passed through all the sets, walking on eggshells, you can't flub a line. What, which shows feed you good, which shows, you know, are nice to the guest stars. So Who I've, feeds you the best? What shows? I think Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Phil Rosenthal, the creator, loves food and it's a connoisseur and there's just always food out there. And some shows you have to go to the commissary. They don't feed you. So um, actually just anger management had really great food. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. And are they weird about the celebrity? Like you can't talk to Charlie, you can't talk to Raymond or they... No, I didn't have any of that. Charlie was very accessible. Uh -huh. Really cool. And uh, who had the worst food? <clears throat> well, the show... No, no. Like um, Wings... Like a lot of shows... A show named Wings, you think they at least... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember some... Murphy Brown... On tape day, they'd have good food. Uh -huh. But during the week, during rehearsals... the all the stars, they bring food in. They check, oh, I want this and give me this. And the guests, go to commissary, buy your own food. So That was a huge show at the time. Yeah, too. but they didn't feed the guests. You had to just go to the commissary and pay for it. And you see all the, the regulars salivating, eating their food, going, <laughs> give me some of that in front of you and taunting you. No, they didn't taunt me. But yeah, Horrible so that's the people. book, all these crazy adventures, which show give you a dressing room with a toilet, you know, and just what it's like. It's a good primer for actors, what the life is like. What was your advice for actors who want to do it? <clears throat> um, my advice, wow, it's, uh, it's a crazy world, you know. I didn't realize how crazy it was when I was younger. It's just, now I step back, yeah, it is hard. It is lunacy. You know, you're so in it that you don't realize... You know, it's so hard to give general advice. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. My general advice, and, and I, I say this to comedians, and, well, first of all, 
people have it a little bit better now in the fact there's so much information. You know, when when I was younger, they had that movie, that ma- one magazine, I forgot what it was called. Uh, not Screen World, I forgot. Premiere. Premiere, yeah. yeah. So now you just listen to podcasts, get little tips. You you can um, watch the, what's it called? The the DVD, the um, I Commentary. get a, commentaries. You can YouTube. You can YouTube auditions from the show Oz. So, I, but the, you know, so it, it was really hard because you didn't really have a sounding board of how the business works or, but my only general advice to comedians or um, actors is like, for example, I don't think you need to go to comedy class. You can't learn to be funny, but maybe to start to be with people at your level to share information. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're brand new as an actor or a comedian, Hey, there's an open mic at there or that guy rips you off or, there's a showcase. Let's do a, a film together. You know what I mean? Meet your peers. Your peers, and because yeah. it's all about information, and and whatever level you're at, just knowing. Oh, there's a venue for this. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Because the people I started out with as an open micer, they moved on. It's 20 years ago, but we've all moved on together. Right. Yeah. And, and as open micers, you go, hey, there's a good place in Burbank, or uh-huh. or they're looking for people at this, or yeah, or so and so does that joke, don't do it, or. Yeah. Uh, that's great advice. Now, what about your one night stand with Kathy Griffin? <coughs> um, that was a long time ago. That was probably when Arsenio was first on the air. <laughs> that's how long ago. It was. Yeah, 92. And uh, long story short, she sort of seduced me. We went back to her little apartment. And uh, I was trying to figure out where should we go? A, a movie or a restaurant? Then she goes, I'm wet. And I went, okay, that's good. It gave me confidence. <laughs> and she had a lot of hostility towards men, and she wanted to hit me in the face after sex because she just saw a TV movie. Sounds like the Lamprey movie where a woman batters her husband. And let me just shut this little chili out here in L.A. in June, oh, May. And she wanted, she asked to hit me in the face, and she was a little nuts. Did she? No, I don't want anyone hitting me in the face, <laughs> <laughs> even if they asked nicely like she did. And then actually she went on Howard Stern uh, a year or so ago when my book came out. I forgot what it was already. And he said, you know, he heard that. And she had, she goes, yeah, I had hostility towards men. And she she said, you know, if I see Freddie Stoller, I'm going to hug him because uh, I really, uh, I like that he talked about me in my, his book. So She likes being mentioned, even if yeah, it's... Yeah, she, she doesn't take it seriously. I didn't say great stuff about Norm MacDonald. He stole my jacket. He taunted me. He wouldn't give me my jacket back. On and his show? When, when you, I did the Norm show. Really? The star of the show taunted the guest star? Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and then, so he calls me up to be on his podcast. And I said, Norm, I got to come clean. I didn't say flattering things about you in the book. He goes, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so... Why was he taunting the guest star? Like what? Not, not. He did taunt each guest star. Well, at least you. Yeah. Well, you have a little bit of a history. You know? What's the history? You guys from the clubs or? Yeah. You know, he's just a ball buster. You know. Uh huh. Was he always like that? I, well, probably not when he was a shy comedian, skinny guy starting out, coming to L.A. and nodding his head. Uh-huh. But I, I, I think, uh, yeah. He, After Saturday Live and some notoriety. Yeah. Yeah. In his own they, show. That gave him the license. So Fred and Vinny, how did that come out, become a, so it's a screen, it happened to you in real life. Yeah, what happened was um, my friend Steve Scrovan, he, he, 
he put the money up and he wrote on Raymond for nine years. Actually, my book, he, he's a smart guy. He went to Yale and, and he, he'd read chapters and help me with edit and grammar. He goes, you have, you have a good thing for prose. You should maybe write some short stories. He goes, how about your relationship with Vinny? I was friends with this guy who, um, he was agoraphobic and he lived vicariously through me. He didn't like to leave his house. And he, um, he, he was the adoring parent I never had because if I went to a video store or post office, get out, oh my God. And then he That's came. That's true because in the movie yes. you, you tell stories about going to the post office. Down and he the went crazy. Uh-huh. He, I, he lived to him. Those were adventures, and he lived vicariously through me. Then he came to stay with me, and it was not so good. So it was just like a, a friendship, almost like a love story, where I can't wait for him to come out. Then he comes out, and it's and it's it's not over the top. It's not like Hangover. It's a very okay. All right. So I wrote the short story. And then Steve said, you know, we should try to do a film with this. I go, really? It's so claustrophobic because that's what could make it good. So we were supposed to write the movie together. He, you know, writes on sitcoms, got too busy. I, I, I just adapted it from the short story I wrote and added some other characters that weren't in the short story. And I mean, real people from my life. Year, you know, we and we didn't know what to do because you know we're in the sitcom world. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we got in touch with a line producer, and his job is this is how much it costs. This is uh, so Steve put the money up, and then um, we got into we we actually won at the Austin Film Festival for comedy. We went to Slam Dance in Park City. Uh-huh. We I had some fun. Uh, Carmel went on some uh, festivals. That's great. And, and it's on Netflix, it's on Netflix streaming. It was a Target. You know, it popped up in video stores before the video stores went away. So it's this quirky movie you can find on Netflix or Amazon, all the streaming things. Where, the guy who plays Vinny was great. And I look, he hasn't done a lot. But well, how did you find him? Well, that's that's the thing. He's, he's so good because he doesn't seem like an actor. He seems so natural. Yeah. I thought he was Vinny for a while. So yes, I yes. Happened. He seems... He's He actually had an audition... And I didn't know he was a stand-up, Angelo Sarukas. We just had this chemistry like we were friends. Do you edit this at all? Uh, I will if you want me to. I, I need the bathroom really quick. Oh, well, yeah, You can yeah. keep that in, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. No problem. He's drinking all the water. <laughs> hey, while Fred is indisposed, let's take care of some biznatch. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, I put up most of the episodes, like 130 episodes on iTunes, so there's a lot to choose from. You can see from the description what movie or what guest. A lot of good guests, a lot of good movies. Tiptoes is a great one with Todd Levin, writer from Conan. And uh, there's um, Sylvester Stallone's Cobra, also with Todd Levin, another great one. And one of my favorites, just because it's a great movie, Nailgun Massacre. Todd also does that. Listen, check out the interviews and reviews and shows with Nico. They're all very funny. If you listen to the show already... Put up the shows that you recommend on iTunes, in the comment section on iTunes. Put up the ones you think people should listen to. And if you were on the show, if you're a guest and you want to recommend it, there ain't no shame in your game. Let's pump up your numbers. Uh, a little while back, we did something called Pod Crawl with Read It and Weep and the guys at Flophouse, where we each reviewed a different Star Wars prequel. Doing it again. Read It and Weep is back on board, and this time we got... Bonnie and Maud, great new podcast. Two women who review movies adventurously. 
which means every week they drive the car off another cliff. The convertible goes right over the canyon. We're going to do the Batman sequels of the 90s. So Bonnie and Maude on June 5th are going to do Batman Returns. Then the guys at Read and Weep are going to do Batman Forever on the 12th of June. And then the 19th of June, Nico and I will be doing Batman and Robin. And I really think we got the best of the worst on that one. My Twitter handle is at Proudly Resents. We find Fred's. Fred Stoller. Let's do it before he gets back here. At Fred Stoller. Fred underscore Stoller with two L's. The one R. A one S. One F. I hear hand washing. I think he's coming back. All right. So, so Fred and Vinny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you guys wrote it in the uh, festival. Oh, so the audition, the guy who plays Vinny. Yeah, he he just seemed like we were friends. A lot of guys were really good actors that auditioned, but a lot of them. But Angelo, we just improved and went off the book, and and I felt like I was hanging out with Vinny. Vinny was this teddy bear of a guy, and it was just. He was the happiest agoraphobic. He was loved life, a guy that didn't want to go outside. And he loved every detail of every sentence I said. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, and he passed away, and it's a spoiler for the movie, but it's yeah, in all the reviews. Away. But So he didn't... What have, What was your boiling point with Vinny in, the, in real life? Because in the movie, he just is so annoying you had to get... He's, yeah, he just got on your nerves. Well, yeah. you know, the thing is, it, it's not black and white. It's not like a movie where a, a Jim Belushi, Tom Arnold guy comes here and puts his feet on the <laughs> couch and right. burps and eats, goes to my refrigerator. Vinny was trying to stay out of my way, but he still, but, but the fact was that he, it turned out he had a plan. He would come here and he'd rotate with other guys he knew until he got a place no one else was going to put him up he had no no one else to no one else to go back to no one else was going to put him up there was no end in sight there was no prospect he'd get a job or an apartment and he, and he was trying and he was it was something to say he was manipulative so just the fact that in this place one bathroom he was agoraphobic but he had a ritual for an hour he would do his hair blow dry his hair he couldn't come out till it was just right <laughs> and and he would try go do you done with the bathroom you know and he and he just had these things and walk around whistling and and just looking at his baseball cards and and he think he goes i'm not like you i don't have stress well you don't pay taxes and <laughs> and and you live off other people so the fact that he was always there and and munching on candy and and the fact that there was no end in sight i could have taken it if i knew okay in in a month you know he leaves no, no, it was just a, there was a lamprey on the floor. It looked like, <laughs> but um, so yeah, it just was a slow burn, just slow, subtle, slow movie. And um, but in the movie, did, how much working in sitcoms help you guys? Was that a set? The the did you get anything free from the sitcom world? Did you? That's a good question. I never did. We get anything free from the sitcom world? No. Um, the only thing we got was Steve worked on Raymond nine years, so he had the money from <laughs> being executive producer of Raymond for most of its run. Yeah. But we just uh, paid someone to build a little set, and uh, we did some shot some stuff here, but... Uh, yeah, right out. Yeah, outside out and on the roof and uh-huh. uh, just around, but... Uh, 
No, I don't think we got any freebies. Are you going to write another film? Do you have another film idea in you? Yeah, I would like to. Uh, you know, maybe either prequel of Vinny or the after Vinny or uh-huh. something. Maybe nothing. Everything's with Vinny. Vinny. Yeah, Return of Vinny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like, I, I love my book. Uh, I like writing. I like to write more stories and essays about my quirky, weird guy on the fringes. And your Seinfeld book. I mean, how did that come about? Or the <coughs> single? It's a Kindle single called My Seinfeld Year. It's just a dollar ninety nine about my tumultuous season writing on Seinfeld and what that was like. That came about, you know, I actually, because I, I had the book, the whole book written for a long time sitting on my computer, and I mm. didn't know what Kindle singles are, but they're really big. And I knew someone who knew someone who edited them. So I sent a copy of my book, and he says, I like this, but how could this be a single? So I siphoned off the um, Seinfeld chapter, and then I, I added to it. And that did really well, so that helped get an agent and get the book. Oh, that's Maybe great. we'll have you back. So the Kindle single was first. And what was it? How did you become a writer on Seinfeld? I knew Larry David from the stand-up days in New York, and I bumped into him at Steve, who a surprise birthday party, and he's like, "Hey, you're a loser. Hey, uh, uh, you're pathetic. Uh, when's the last time you ever get laid? And you know, shitty things happen to you. Uh, maybe you could write on the show." Uh, and it turned out one of the shitty things was working for Larry David. <laughs> but no, actually, he he said, "How come you never wrote a spec script? A spec script is when you show a sample of your writing." Uh huh. And I, I wasn't gonna, because everyone back in '94 was trying to write for Seinfeld or do a spec script. I said, "He says uh, write one. Nothing will happen, but I will read it." So I wasn't gonna do it. But then I thought there are people who would kill to have Larry David read their Seinfeld script. So I did it, and he liked one of the stories. And at the time, they were eating up and spitting out a lot of comics, you know, for their comedians and their ideas. So mm-hmm. I landed. It was crazy. I was intimidated by him. I'd pitch an idea, and he'd go, "How does someone like you buy a shirt? You know, <laughs> how do you function?" So, and he wanted to put that in the show. Did he use any of the stuff about you in the show? Yeah, yeah. Well, true story. Um, I wrote the episode where a guy gave me an Armani suit, and he wanted a meal for it. And, and, uh-huh. and, we, and he just had soup. He saves the meal. So we use stuff for my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well, thank you. So, and, oh, so you go down to the farmer's market? Do you hang out with the Paul Marzerski group? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a table um, where a lot of character actors go. Actually, th- this is a, a story in my book, but I'll share it here. There's these older character actors, a guy named Ronnie Shell, he used to be on Gomer Pyle, Jack Riley, who was on the first Bob Newhart show, um, uh, and Paul Mazursky, writer, director, did so many movies, Harry and Tonto, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, and he's like, he's young people, well, the people who listen to your podcast know all the stuff, they right? They know him, yeah. So they know Paul Mazursky, so this is Table, and uh, it turns out Quentin Tarantino is a fan of Paul Mazursky's. He goes, I'll come by the table. You know, that's what they call it, the table. So I was so thrilled. I mean, Quentin Tarantino is the one living guy I want to meet the most. I mean, I'm the biggest fan of Jackie Brown. That's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, it's a great movie. And you mentioned that in yeah, uh, yeah, in the, Ted, Fred and Vinny. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and I love Robert Foster. I love his comeback. And, yeah. And, and so, you know, every kind of quirky character actor has this illusion a delusion that quentin tarantino is going to go 
Hey, you could be a, uh, whatever, a killer or a cop in my movie. You're going to, I don't just see you as the nebbish Fred, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we hear like he resurrected Travolta. But meanwhile, Travolta was still a major star. Right. Still he was a, a little money. bit in the down part, but it's not like he, you know, yeah. And even David Carrad- Carradine, the late David Carradine, he did great stuff for, but he was still a TV star at one point. Uh-huh. It's not like he... You know, because you'll see some guy, uh, you know, was a, like a peripheral guy in the Brady Bunch go, hey, think of me, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> well, you it know. must have been horrible for him, especially in L.A. Just oh. You go to the cleaners and there's a guy going, hey, you're going to put me, you're going to make me a star. Yeah. I'm your next guy. So I didn't say that, but I still. <laughs> still I still. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't say that, but I still had. I still would have been so thrilled if he was a fan of mine. Right. Because he's a trivia guy. He knows everything. He had no clue who I was. Uh-huh. And it was like, nice guy. I asked him questions, uh-huh. you know, about uh, Inglorious Bastards. But it's like, no clue who I was. I thought, hey, Seinfeld, Dumb and Dumber, Raymond, some quirky, weird movie. I thought he'd know. Like, he knew Ronnie Shell from... Um, the computer wore tennis shoes. Oh, my God. He knew all the obscure things. George Siegel. Well, George Siegel's this big star. Yeah, yeah. But me, so no George clue. Siegel's there at the table? When he's at the table, people know it's at the farmer's market. It's like a picnic table. Not a picnic. Well, I don't know. Is it? Isn't it like a... Uh, just a, just where they have coffee and donuts in the morning? Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's surrounded by other tables and outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, 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 no. I didn't mean Don't to degrade you and say it was a picnic no, table. I'm not degraded. I never heard oh. of it called a picnic table. Well, it's, it's not like the Knights Around Table. Or, oh, no, no. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're yeah. right. And everyone's yeah, getting coffee. And how, no. how many hours do they sit there? It's like every oh, day, right? Well, it used to be five days a week. Sadly, they were getting older and... Uh, we we work it around uh, Paul Mazursky's dialysis schedule, sadly. Uh-huh. So it's about three days a week. Well, some come every day, but uh, there's th- there's only three days where people are more psyched to come. When you know, oh, so and so may come by and all that. Great. Well, let me say you can see Fred and Vinny on uh, Netflix. You can buy the Kindle single on Kindle. All right on Amazon, and then you're booking it on Amazon. Amazon, or even that's Kindle too. Yeah, and uh, or you can go to our website, proudlyresents.com/slash Fred we'll Stoller. Send me all the links. Yeah, I'll put all the links up, and also um, Blood Lake. When Tech, is it? It's oh. uh, it's tomorrow night, Sunday night. So if you listen to the on Animal Planet, and I'm sure they'll rerun it to death, and maybe you'll send them the copy of the DVD I gave you after you watch it. You'll send it, someone will write in. They'll ask for the DVD. And you'll send them the DVD. Sure. Yeah, when you're done. Only when you're done. Sure. Yeah, go to the post office. Yeah. Big thrill of your and, day. and Vinny will be excited. In honor of Vinny. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much. Thank Fred. you. It was, it was nice a lot of fun. You. Yeah, yeah thank you was... for bringing the DVD by and, and watching my movie. Cool. Adam, we're, we're out of time for this interview. Thanks for listening to Proudly Resents. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com or on our comment line. You ready? Get a pencil. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay, got one? Okay, 646-481-5476. Keep it clean and short. We might air it. Join us on Facebook or be old school and go to our website, 
ProudlyResents.com. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, StumbleUpon, Dig, you know, all those things. Tell a friend, I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone. Well, that's so nice you did your homework and watched Fred and Vinny. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Aww. Yeah, thanks. I'm a big fan of yours. a big fan for a long time. I, I appreciate that. And uh, people actually wrote in that they wanted you on the on the podcast. So wow. John wanted, John Who, in particular. Who's John? One of the listeners. He wrote, when are you going to have Fred Solon? Oh, that is so nice. Thank you, John. So when this came up, this movie, I was like, oh, this is perfect. And, and so you have a lot of... Um, character actors on it i gotta catch up on past episodes yeah we just had orlando jones sure he did the the first interview with this with this contraption so you're not the first orlando jones from uh, mad tv yeah from mad tv and bobcat goldthwaite you had him on yeah oh he's great he's great and um lloyd kaufman from uh trauma films you know all the b movies 